0: Episode 18 of Corn Sour Pajara Podcast. What up, Mike? Hey,
1: Ty. Happy April Fool's Day.
0: Yeah, you Is got that it. Is a
1: holiday? Okay. You got it. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, what did we do last episode? Uh, Leprechaun. How could you forget? That's getting some uh, good numbers, right? Yeah. The people love it? People, people love that little Irish shit. Yeah. I mean, the last two weeks of watching that, I've, like, uh, I hated my life. And, like, it just feels so weird now that I can go home and not have to watch a fucking Leprechaun movie. Yeah, you've probably
0: gotten smarter since... <laughs> you stopped watching those movies they definitely take away brain cells i mean
1: you I definitely learned some things from watching
0: leprechaun 4 in space but <laughs> so we're into our april fool's day episode and what we're doing here we, we figured we'd play a cute little trick on you we, we're we being are, silly
1: gooses okay
0: we're going outside the box we are not talking hard today we're talking probably um I, I guess our favorite series of movies outside of the horror genre. I mean, in my that that's how I would label these movies for me, Mike. I don't know
1: about you. Yeah, I mean, every time I go to the movie theaters, it's either really to see a horror movie or, you know, a superhero comic book movie. Otherwise, I'll probably just rent it when it comes out on VOD. But yeah, these are the types of movies that you go to the theater to see because they're big blockbusters and, you know, it's mm-hmm. worth the $28 ticket to the movies now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking Batman, and we are talking the seven
0: Batman movies where Batman is the sole protagonist, and we're not talking about the Adam West ones from back in the 60s or whatever they were, but uh, we are talking the two Tim Burton movies, the two Joel Schumacher movies, and of course, the Dark Knight trilogy from Christopher Nolan. Uh, we're not talking Batman vs. Superman, we're not talking Justice League or anything like that.
1: Uh but now, I do way. love those movies. Like, like, there's nothing I love more than three hours of fucking loud noises, my ears bleeding, not knowing what the fuck is going on. I really do like those movies, <laughs> but me and Ty fought, we fought about it and we said, we fought and thought about it and we just said, you know what, let's just leave these off because they're so good. They probably would have been one and two anyway. Well,
0: so we planned this for April Fool's Day. What we, we didn't plan was that Zack Snyder just put out the Snyder Cut yeah, for Justice on HBO League Max, right. on Thursday or Friday. Uh, It's getting pretty good reviews. I don't know. It's a four-hour-long movie. Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, we're talking about the seven Batman movies that you and I know and love to various degrees. Grew up watching a lot of these movies. Um, In a sense, we almost grew up with the Nolan trilogy too, because we were still pretty young at the time. Young adults, I would say. And uh, you know, back in like high school and early college, man, these these movies were like the shit. Like you know, we we couldn't get enough of. The Nolan trilogy, and again, like even going back to some of these older movies, I mean, we've always just had a soft spot for them, I guess. Right
1: there, yeah, there really hasn't been a franchise that's been able to really touch any of these movies. Like me and you, aren't really even big into the um, Avengers. Like, like we don't even know what the hell's going on with that franchise. Like, and this is coming from you know, and we just said that we love you know these comic book superhero movies, but nothing really touched these movies. But I think also because we're biased, because you know we were born in '91, yeah. you know, so we grew up with Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher, and then as we went through puberty, we got the uh, <laughs> Nolan uh, trilogy. Yeah, and Batman
0: is both of our favorite superhero, like by a by a mile. I don't even think,
1: uh, you know, I guess my second favorite is Spider Man, but that's like a distant second. Right. So are you pumped about the new Batman? Uh 20 October 2021 I think, right? Yeah, with Robert
0: Pattinson. I remember a lot of people when that was first announced, I never understood why people were like, "Oh, you got the Twilight guy." <sighs> mm-hmm. That no, that to me was always really stupid. But I mean, I've seen Robert Pattinson in a lot of serious stuff in recent years, The Lighthouse yeah. to name one. Right. Um the dude can act as balls off. Mm-hmm. I got I have no doubt about that. So yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. It looks to be pretty dark. Which is which?
1: You know, sign me up. Yeah, yeah, that's what they missed in like the Zack Snyder. I mean, I guess they tried going dark, but like Zack Snyder movies are just like it's almost like a Michael Bay type movie where it's like there's no plot, just yeah. loud noises and explosions, and you put Batman in like the middle of it. So I don't know, but um, it's like all sizzle and no steak, right? Whatever. So that I is. guess with Robert Pattinson, he's what thirty. I mean, he's he's younger than he actually looks uh but i think he's like 33 34 so he's playing a young yeah. bruce wayne but actually christian bale was only like 35 or 36 when he yeah. did batman begin so that's kind of you know funny but um yeah he, he from that trailer that was dropped what like last august yeah um yeah that was like really promising i'm really looking forward to it
0: yeah we're big batman fans uh paul dano Paul I Dano. believe he's playing the Riddler. Yeah. that F- seems like
1: good casting, right? Yeah.
0: Paul Dano, again, is just a dude that you know can act. There's no doubt. And Colin Farrell as
1: Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah. A.K.A. the Penguin. Yeah, I'm stoked about seeing the Penguin and the Riddler because we haven't seen them in a Batman movie in 25, 30 years. Uh, the Catwoman, I'm I'm, not super stoked because we've already, you know, this is the third time we're seeing her. Who is it? Um, Zoe Kravitz, the daughter of oh, Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. Kravitz. Okay, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, um, not that she didn't look good, but uh, you know we've kind of been Catwomaned out, you know. And she has a standalone movie with Halle Berry. We we just saw her in Dark Knight Rises, Um, so I'm more excited for the Penguin, obviously.
0: So one thing I'll say, like, has anyone ever been like, oh, there's a new Batman movie coming out? Oh man, I wish Catwoman's in it. Right. Yeah. I don't Uh, really think that's you know.
1: Like, I guess he needs, like, a love interest, so, like, why, you know, so you don't need to throw in, like, Vicki Vale again, or just, just right. throw in Catwoman, because she, <laughs> she's not, because she can pl- go both ways, sexually. Like no, I'm, I'm talking about good or bad, baby. But, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll just I just want to see the movie, because uh, that comes out October, yeah. same month as Halloween, and I'm Big gonna, month. I, that's, I can't wait for October 2021, man. Yeah. So, real quick, before we do
0: get into our Batman rankings, we do have a little bit of horror news it is about the the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I guess we found out recently over the course of the past week that it's taking the Halloween route. It's going to be a direct sequel to the 1974 original. Uh, Fide Alvarez, I don't know who the director is, but Fide Alvarez is the producer, and he directed the Evil Dead reboot, which uh, was pretty well-received, yeah. critically, um, amongst horror circles. So he described Leatherface in this movie as, quote-unquote, old man Leatherface. And Mark Burnham was just announced as uh, playing Leatherface for that movie. So
1: what are your expectations for that? And I, I know, like... Not high. I mean, yeah. we honestly... So right before we start the podcast, every time we uh, we go over, like, the news and you mentioned Texas Chainsaw, I'm like, damn, dude, I haven't even thought about this movie, like, since I announced it, what, like, six months ago? Yeah. Um it sucks because I fucking love Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw, but um, this is what like the third or fourth time that they're trying to like redo it, and maybe yeah. they'll get it right. But um, I'm trying not to go in with too high of expectations because then you can end up with Texas Chainsaw 3D, or you could end up with like the 2003 yeah remake and get something that's a very quality sequel. Or you know I know that that's a remake, but um, I'm keeping my expectations very safe and not too high the only thing that gives it hope in my
0: mind is it feels like these days the stakes are higher you know right. with the new halloween being really good quality mm-hmm. even a shitty franchise like wrong turn somehow yeah putting out a semi-decent movie so it just feels like there's there's less bullshit out there and people are actually like the production qualities and the writing for mm-hmm. recent horror sequels
1: reboots have just been elevated right. a lot recently and I was looking at it. I mean, it's got a $20 million budget for yeah. this movie coming out. And that's with a no-name cast, really a no-name crew. So, I mean, and I know a budget, you know, that don't always mean it's going to be good. But hopefully that money is put to good resources and we get, a, you know, a quality movie.
0: What was Halloween two thousand eighteen budget? A, that was like a $10 million that's, budget, I that's think. That's what I was going to say. Wow, that's and crazy, man. And that's with, man.
1: like, and, and that's Lee with Curtis. them bringing Jamie Lee Curtis back, yeah, and wow. Judy Greer. And, yeah. you know, like, a really solid cast and... But then they saw that, you know, that movie also made $250 million. So now we're going to start seeing all these franchises coming back. And I think if it wasn't for the uh, pandemic, we would have probably gotten some more news, you know, like uh, regarding a Nightmare on Elm Street Mm -hmm. remake or Friday 13th remake.
0: Real quick before we move on to our Batman rankings, are you more excited for this or Scream 5? Because I think they come out around the same time. Give me Scream 5. Me too. Yeah, me too. Just a just a better quality series, right? right and, and the fact
1: that it's a sequel and yeah. part five. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know that this is also a sequel, but they're copying everything by you know, yeah. just doing the you know, right from the first movie to the sequel. And Scream
0: 5 uh, Scream Five's gonna give you Courtney Cox, David Rockhead. Right. Like it's getting the old band back together. Yeah. So sign me up. Should be cool. I right, mean, let's get on to our Batman rankings. So there are seven of these. Just to reiterate, the two. Uh, Tim Burton movies, the two Joel Schumacher movies, all four of those are from the 90s. I'm sorry, the first one is from 89. The other three are from the 90s. And then the three Christopher Nolan movies. Let's start with number seven. I think this is going to be a controversial take, man, right off the bat. I'm not, I think so anyway. So number seven on our list is Batman
1: Begins. Yeah, boring, man. Um, So quick story. We saw this movie for the first time. On our last day of school, in seventh grade. I don't know yeah. if you remember that. I we think it. I must have been 14. You were probably 13, about to go on 14. Um, I you think you're better than me? Yeah, I'm older. I'm wiser. But, um, you know, I just remember, like, me and Ty were looking at each other like, where are all the villains? Like, where, where is Arnold Schwarzenegger? You know, like, you hire someone like Killian Murphy to play the Scarecrow. Like, cool, he was in 28 Days Later, three years prior. But he's no Arnold Schwarzenegger or Danny... Vito like so my huge problem with this is that silly Murphy is not Arnold Schwarzenegger
0: yeah and, and overall it's it's too slow it takes itself very seriously there's not enough actual Batman in it really right because the origin story is just super boring uh, it's like you said it suffers from not having a fun villain there's a drastic change in tone here that Christopher Nolan decides to go with that really that really catches you off guard like it
1: feels like a Mortal Kombat movie with him being like a ninja like yeah I don't know like kind of and like you got like the Ra's al Ghul storyline. That's cool. And then like Liam Neeson comes up and then he's suddenly a Japanese guy playing Ra's al Ghul. Like, I mean, yeah. I know this was 2005 and times were different, but that seems really fucking racist uh, for me. Yes. And uh, that, that shit would not fly now.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Totally agree, man. Totally agree. Um,
0: it, it's good to take a moral stance with, with things like this. And uh, a comic book movie should, should have some camp. You don't want a comic book movie to take itself too seriously. To me, this movie makes you yearn for the Joel Schumacher days. Like even the Batmobile looks too realistic, you know, and they, and they try to portray Bruce Wayne in like a humanistic way. Like it's a Batman movie. Don't give us Bruce Wayne. Give us Batman. Do you have anything else to say about this movie? To me, like I know people like this movie, but it's, it's disappointing because it's just not, it's not fun. It just, it it makes you, it leaves you wanting more.
1: Definitely does. A really long movie. Um, had a hundred and fifty million dollar budget and only brought in three hundred and seventy three million. <laughs> like, like you to tell, like fans like were not expecting this type of movie. Fans wanted, you know, like they wanted what Joel Schumacher could have done with the franchise. Um, so I think fans are actually kind of upset with Batman at this point. So and it showed at the box office. I mean, to spend one hundred and fifty million and only bring back three hundred and seventy three. Um, you know, I'm surprised that they made a sequel to this movie. To be honest,
0: yeah. Like, who cares about his training with Rajah Ghoul? Yeah, Yeah, and even if you are going to do that,
1: like, why not just do it in, like, the opening credits and just do, like, pictures or something?
0: Look, all we want to know about Batman is that his parents
1: died in an alley. We don't need to know anything else. Right, just, like, do, you know, like, do, like, a 90-minute movie, like, 50 minutes maybe about his parents dying. Because, like, we haven't seen that. Like, we didn't see it in the original Batman. Like, we need to be told that his parents died. And then just give us, like, you know... Like who didn't we see in like the other like like the blob or like Clayface? Like like we never saw him in the Joel Schumacher movie. So like they should have given us Clayface. I think Scarecrow was very boring. Not very scary. And it wasn't and he and Killy Murphy's not an A list actor, I'm sorry. Like I I don't like how like Nolan tried to outsmart himself by going with like these guys that he thinks are good actors. Like we want top billing actors as villains. Thing. Let's be real. With that people only think Murphy's a good actor because he showed his penis in Twenty Eight Days Later. Well, and I like, think and he like was, the edge. I guess. I, don't I know. think Murphy's best role is Red
0: Eye. You're right. Right with Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And to me, he's disappointing
1: in this in this movie compared to Red Eye, which oddly came out in the same summer of 2005. So it's like, what did he do? You know, he would he would shoot a day with Rachel McAdams and then go and then shit the bed with Christian Bale. I don't know. Yeah. Really
0: confusing, but disappointing stuff from Murphy. Um, Let's get into what we do like about the movie. It's not a total lost cause. It's you know the production value. It's a great looking movie. Nolan said he modeled a lot of the set pieces from Blade Runner, uh, which Blade Runner kicks ass. So you know I can get on board with that. Um, You know you can respect Nolan's vision. You know, and you can maybe even understand its popularity a little bit. But from it just wasn't for me, and I'm a little bit confused as to why.
1: So many people really do appreciate this movie as, as much as they do. Yeah, it's um, definitely different for sure. Uh, that's I don't want to get too much into what I like about it because uh, it's not much to be honest. Um, I'm just glad that you know. I'm just glad that the movie ended. To be honest, let's move on to our number six. It is a much different
0: movie. This movie is from '92, so year after you and I were born. Mm-hmm. It's Batman returns and there, like i said there's two tim burton movies this is the second of those two and man does this feel like a tim burton movie this has tim burton's stamp of approval all over it
1: right um and i think that's a big problem with it you know tim burton not really well liked for his movies um you could tell with the first batman movie that came out only three years prior that warner brothers had a lot of say in that movie yeah, and obviously it did very well. So they kind of took their, so they took like the leash off of Tim Burton, and I think that was a big mistake. Uh, I think movies tend to be better when the studio is more involved rather than someone like Tim Burton. Right. Um. You know, that's why we have that six. The thing about this movie is, it's it's almost like a Christmas movie.
0: Who who wants to watch Batman around Christmas time?
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. This this should be a summer blockbuster blockbuster movie. So I. Get that fucking Christmas tree out of here, you know what I mean? But yeah, back to this feeling like a Tim Burton movie, like, uh, the end of the movie in Penguin's Lair where the penguins carry him into the water, that feels very Tim Burton-esque. This is pretty crazy, like, in a Tim Burton way, but not in a cheesy, over-the-top Joel Schumacher way, and ultimately that's why I think it's not nearly as good as the Joel, Shocker, Joel Schumacher movies. Um, again it's a dark tone man it just lacks that campiness that I that I need from a Batman movie
1: right I mean that's pretty much the reason why we left off like the Adam West movies because like it wouldn't have been fair for these movies you know obviously we want to see Adam West you know ban pal against the Joker and the Riddler but that wouldn't have been fair you know obviously we'd probably have that number one and two you know how we know this movie
0: sucks when this movie came out in 92. A lot of the audience and critics criticized this movie because of its dark tone. Because right. it was a PG thirteen. Like, did movie. you
1: even laugh once when you watched this movie? No, and that's super yeah. disappointing. Yeah, I I, I was straight faced this whole movie. Um, Look, if you're gonna have this dark of a tone, let's be honest, it should have been rated R. Yeah, exactly. Like, just go all out, you know. Like, I feel like you know, like that, like to give a movie like this a PG thirteen rating, and I didn't even laugh once. Um, it's kind of insulting to the audience. And the people like me that you know, I go to the movies to laugh and have a good time. Um, You know, you get it's like you have Gotham City in a cold, depressing time. Like that's not what I'm. That's not what I want. Especially you know when this movie was released in like June, I think. So you know, I I don't know what they were going for here. So it had a budget of depending on where you look, sixty-five to eighty
0: million, right? And a box office of two hundred sixty-seven million. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Again, man, I, we're in the minority here. People like this movie. 80, yeah. 80% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes,
1: 73% from the audience. There's a fun fact about this movie, though. So, our boy, Chris Walken, is in this movie. Yeah, he's a Sh- Max Shrek. Yeah. His son, Chip Shrek is played by Andrew Beer- Biernowski. I'm saying that wrong. Leatherface? Leatherface from 2003. Get yeah, out of here. Yeah. A little fun fact there. Should have put this movie a little bit higher after that a little um, tidbit. You know, we've are, we're have on, what, like a half hour already. which probably just keep it the way it is. Okay, let's move on to number five. We are at
0: Batman Forever. Yeah. Now we're finally getting to the good stuff a little bit. Like, this is where the
1: movies... Like, we is, always talk about like these, you know, yeah. like these spaces in between these movies. Like, this is kind of, you know, we go Batman begins, Batman returns, big gap, and, and now yeah. we're in like the... Very good movies. See, this is the stuff we
0: grew up on, and not only do we grow up on it, but it holds up extremely well. Right. Um, I always
1: tell people, show your kids this movie, and like that's when they're being good. And you should like, like you know, don't don't show it to them when they're being bad. Like obviously when they're being good. But look, when your kids
0: get older and you're taking them through, like, hey, this is what Daddy watched when he was young. You're you're showing them Jim Carrey's filmography. Right. This is a staple in Jim Carrey's filmography. I mean, this is a '90s yeah. comedy classic.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, I just watched this and I knew that his career would skyrocket as soon as he did this movie. Like, I'm not shocked at all that this, like, it didn't kill his career. Uh, yeah. He's so funny in this movie, you know. I, I probably laughed, like, seven, eight times just watching this movie. As compared to Batman Returns, I, I didn't even break a smile. You know what, dude? I might have been in double digits. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Um Now, of course, like, the SL critics hated this movie. Got 38% on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Because they're they're fucking stuck up, man. Which,
1: yeah, that doesn't shock me. Um, I think Tommy Lee Jones is very good. Yeah. I think he's... Another performance at his age very well. Right, yeah. It has, and same with his makeup. Um, I really like, like, the style that Schumacher went with here, you know? Um, it's a lot of purple in this movie. Like, I know when you think of Batman, you're like, Batman, purple. Yes. Like yeah. I don't know. Like it, it's 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 something that I'm glad he thought of because no one else would have ever thought of. And you know we were blessed with this movie.
0: Yeah, it's lighter, man. You know, yeah. it's, it's very light in tone. Right. Um, it's
1: one of my favorite Nicole Kidman roles. Right. She she uh, is a baddie in this movie. I would take yeah. 1995 Nicole Kidman Ooh. to yeah. the bar. I mean, I would take 2021 Nicole Kidman uh, of as well, frankly. Um. But when you think of movies like Batman Begins and Batman Returns, like like when I watch movies, I like to be on my phone and like doing like other stuff, and like you can't do that when you watch those movies because you really have to pay attention and see what's going on. Like this is a movie where like you can like cut the grass, like make <laughs> dinner, have it on in the background, and like you can enjoy it. You know? Yeah. You don't actually have to watch it, but you know what's going on. Yeah, it's good, family friendly, light hearted fun.
0: I really like Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon.
1: Is uh, he, the uh, best commissioner Gordon? Yeah, right I think now?
0: they did a really good job. I think in this movie they did a really good job fleshing out his character.
1: Yeah, like you like know who he is. Like I feel like in the first two movies they kind of like didn't really show you too much about him, <laughs> but in this movie like you know what he's about. Yeah. Um, Pat Hingle, uh, rest in peace, man. He died yeah. uh, way way too soon. I, I think he was like eighty eight. Um, the day he died, th- you came over and we we popped this thing into the VCR. Yeah, I, I'll never forget that day man um <laughs> yeah we uh, cried for a little bit <laughs> but then you know we watched a couple of these movies and you know we just remembered all the memories that Pat anglele that he gave us as commissioner Gordon well Wrestling it's one of those East. things
0: it's like you you remember where you remember where you were when Kobe Bryant died yeah Roy Halliday big Phillies fans yeah. you remember where you were when Pat Engel died it's really that simple
1: I mean I'll I'll take you a step further and say you remember where you were for 911.
0: Yeah, but, but man, this is just good, wholesome, cheesy '90s fun. Like you can show your kids this as an important entry <laughs> in Jim Carrey's filmography. Like, hey, here's Liar Liar, here's Batman Forever,
1: uh, here's Dumb and Dumber. Right. Like, this is just and uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, like this. This probably is a little bit better than that because I think that movie takes itself too serious. Where this is, this is like the perfect level. Of like, very silly, but still very serious when it has to be. What's your opinion on Val Kilmer as Batman? He's my second favorite. I don't want to say who my I, favorite is. I think favorite. I know who your first is. And, don't don't uh, say. Don't spoil anything. No, no, no. Yeah. I won't. I won't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Val's. he's very good. He has a very strong chin. Um, yeah. He, he has a Batman chin. And um, I like the way he puckers his lips. You know, that's what Batman does. Um, I like the way he looks at Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's you know. By the way, this movie introduced Robin. We didn't yeah. touch upon that yet.
0: I did what? What is with these Batman movies not having Robin? How are you gonna How do you have the fucking audacity to make a Batman movie and not have Robin included? Right. right but right. but why did it take him so long to have to have Robin? You know, in a in a big screen adaption? That,
1: that, that had to be like a Tim Burton thing. Yeah. He just did. He just didn't fuck with the character. I guess I'm not sure. But, but Chris O'Donnell's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great, uh, definitely. Um,
0: that. So anyway, this is an underrated entry in the franchise. It's not in the series. So let's move on to number four. Yep, let's do it. All right. We said Batman Begins, ranking that last was controversial. We are at another, con- we've reached another point where we're, we're about to get controversial again. Number four on our list is The Dark Knight from 2008. The second entry in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight Trilogy, a lot of people consider this movie to be like the pinnacle of not only Batman but comic book movies in general. We feel differently because again it it goes back to for me the tone mm-hmm. um no disrespect to Heath Ledger. He's no Jack Nicholson.
1: No, he's not. and you can tell he really tries to be like he copies Jack Nicholson like like verbatim really. It's actually kind of sad, yeah. um, but it's definitely a step up from Batman Begins, though. I mean, at least there's no ninjas in this movie. And, right. You know, um, but at the same time, Heath Ledger is no Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's another problem with this movie. You know, like, I, I know he won an Oscar for this movie, and I know he may or may not have been a big star if he didn't pass away. We we don't know that yet. I'm not going yeah. you know, to sit here and act like I know what his future would have been. Man, it may have not been that great. But um Jack Nicholson, like like when you watch him as Joker, like you know you're watching Jack Nicholson, and that's what I love about it. We spoke about Jim Carrey's
0: role in Batman Forever aging well. I think Heath Ledger's performance has actually a not aged well. I, I think with each passing year it keeps getting worse. And I, I know disrespect to Heath Ledger. I know he put his blood, sweat, tears into this role, but to me a villain in a Batman movie, it should feel like it was ripped out of a cartoon, similar to what we get with Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Yeah, a little too realistic, I guess. Yes, is what you're. Yeah, like, that's yeah. I, I I felt completely the same way. Um, I don't like the way like he like uses a pen to kill someone. Like, come on, like. I don't know. Like the Joker should be like shaking hands with people and yes. electrocuting them, exactly, or shooting them. I don't know. I I, I just didn't like, like how a, a water gun, right? Yeah. Um, this I don't know. He was just too serious. Um, Speaking of too realistic,
0: Aaron Eckhart as two, two Face. I don't really like the character development that they give him, where he starts out as you know district district attorney. I think it is Harvey Dent. Um, And spirals into madness after the death of Rachel, which is just too heavy-handed anyway. That does not belong in a Batman movie, the death of Rachel. But the character development of Aaron Eckhart turning into Two-Face, it's just too much, man. Like, just give us Tommy Lee Jones in makeup.
1: No, exactly. I mean, it took, what, like two hours for Harvey Dent to turn into Two-Face? I really like the way that Batman forever did it. Uh, They just show us a video clip of uh, Batman in a courtroom trying to save... uh, someone from spilling acid on Tommy Lee Jones like 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 that boom it's done like sure you could save yourself 2 hours right there. Yep. Despite, you know, doing a clip like that um instead they, you know, they introduce us to Harvey Dent. We all know he's going to be two-faced like we're not stupid. Like I think they think we're stupid. You know, like like we're supposed to be shocked when he turns into two-face or something. Really didn't do it for me. Um they insist on boring us with this stupid character development. Right, yeah. Yeah, way too much character development there and at the same time there's not um um enough with the joker like we don't even know what his name is yeah why don't they do that i don't know so like like who like who am i supposed to be watching right now like i don't know what his face looks like i don't know oh big plot hole too did you notice that when the joker talks about his scars the first time he says he got them from his father and then the second time he says that he did it himself you're right i'm just like like, how did no one not notice that plot hole? How do you like, not pick up on that when you're editing the movie? Right. This is, a, like, a $185 million movie, <laughs> had, like, summer blockbuster, and, like, they let that slip into it. Dude, it just goes to show you that Nolan
0: is, I mean, w- Nolan is so, Nolan is down here, Joel Schumacher's up here.
1: Right. Like, that wouldn't have happened in, in a Schumacher movie, uh, like, the obvious plot hole. Um, so so then we're just, like, like, as an audience, like, we're like well, how, how did he get the scars, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we're never told. It doesn't, like, I'm I'm thinking, like, the last scene, like, finally we'll have, like, a cut back, you know, or, or like, a flashback scene or something, and we get nothing. Fucking so am. we're left not knowing anything about this Joker character. Amateur filmmaking is right. what that is. Yeah. Let's talk about Maggie Gyllenhaal. I mean, she's easily
0: the best-looking girl in the Batman series, right? I mean, yeah, like, no. I
1: I no, we were, we were just talking about... uh. Nicole Kidman, but yeah. Maggie Joan Hall takes a cake. Um, I would do a lot of things to her. Very nice face. Like, I love when they do close-ups of her face. Um, you don't even notice a difference between her and Katie Holmes. I
0: like her voice, too. Her voice yeah, is, not, is annoying. not annoying.
1: Yeah, she, she definitely seems like the type of girl that would have a bunch of, like, playboys fighting after, you yeah. know, like, fighting oh, yeah. for, like, a billionaire. And then, like, the mm. district attorney fighting for her like yeah she she's definitely the hottest girl in gotham city the first
0: time i saw this movie i was like damn when did katie holmes get so good looking
1: right Mm -hmm. you know
0: um she's also a better actor than her brother jake gyllenhaal in my opinion
1: yeah i agree um heath ledger actually kissed both of them he yeah i think you know he he uh, did anal with uh, jake gyllenhaal in Uh, Brokeback mountain and then he tried to kiss her in 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 um this movie but she wouldn't let him
0: wow People love this movie, man. So I, you know, I'm, I don't want to shit on it too much. I guess we can. No, it's
1: it's still in like the good tier of movies. Yeah, like, right, like I don't right. like like we just have to talk about why we have it ranked four and not number one. People saying this is the best Batman movie of all time. I don't know.
0: Like, have they not seen some of these other movies that we're going to be talking about? I just don't get it, dude.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I agree completely. Uh, it's not the best of the trilogy from Christopher Nolan either. So we'll get to that one. Yeah, actually, we'll get to that one right now. Yeah, let's get to it, man. Top three mm-hmm. in the seven
0: <sighs> Batman movies. Number three movie, like like you said, the one that uh, came after The Dark Knight. This is the last movie of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. It is Dark Knight Rises from 2012. I'll let you start this one out, Mike. Why is this movie better than The Dark
1: Knight? Uh, better villain. Uh, and I'm not talking about Bane. I'm talking about... Talia Al Ghul um, I definitely did not see that coming um, I've, I've only cried in a movie theater once and um, it was this movie for her death scene um, oh, dude one part because of the acting too because you know uh, just the way she died um, and like those final words that she gives right before she yeah. closes her eyes and drops her head um, yeah. <gasps> I, I did cry in, in the movie theaters um, and you know so that's honestly why I have this ranked number three, just yeah. for that scene alone. I think Bane is okay. Um, you can hear him clearly throughout the whole movie. Um, there's no problems with, you know, the audio or his voice.
0: Some of the movies are a little bit too intense for our liking. They're not enough fun. Right. But we also recognize good acting when we see it. And Marion Cotillard is Talia Al Ghul in that death scene, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that. Um I don't, back to what they said, what you said about Bane. I don't like how they even gave Bane a voice. I like the the '90s Joel Schumacher version of Bane, where let's well, not spoil too
1: much. But I yeah. agree. Like, like they kind of tried to fix something that wasn't broken. You yeah, know what I mean? should just
0: like this brainless henchman, right? That doesn't have a voice. Doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing.
1: And like, he needs someone like a poison ivy. Yeah, or you know, or you could have even gotten like a smaller character. To be like you know, just snap their fingers and go, and you know, because that's what Bane is. Bane, Bane just grunts and kills. He's not this smart henchman that can yeah. you know. Is, I, I just don't like it. So
0: uh, there is some good action in this movie, which is why it's number three. But they do miss a golden opportunity. Hans Zimmer, very famous composer, mm-hmm. the fight scene where Bane breaks Christian Bale's back. There's no music playing. And again, that seems like an editing failure.
1: Right. Like, just, I don't want to keep harping on these movies, but, you know, this is what we compare them to. Like, Joel Schumacher, there's music in every single scene, you know, with Batman and Mr. Freeze, Batman and Riddler, Batman and and Two-Face. Yeah. With him and Bane, like, I was in the theater. It was so awkward. It was so quiet. I'm like, like, you know, like, I, I, I had this... I, I had to stand up in the movie theater and start screaming in the scene because they're so awkward and quiet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember looking around and the people, you know, to my right and to my left, like behind me and everything, I thought maybe I was the only one. I thought maybe I was losing my mind. But yeah, there's no music in that scene. It's really fucking weird.
1: Yeah. And as someone um, that likes to talk, you know, when the movie's playing, you know, I was talking to people. Yeah. And it's like, it, my and you could hear my voice throughout the whole theater. I just, you know, right. it made me very uncomfortable. Uh, there's just a hint of Robin at the end of this movie. Needs right. more Robin. Right. No doubt. Um, Definitely. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I don't know if they were trying to be cute, but I, I was hoping that when they revealed that he was Robin, that there would be, like, another, like, two-hour movie or that would yeah. be, like, you know, like, another couple hours, like, after that. Yeah. You know, but instead the movie just ends. So it's, like, you know, I'm not all for that. It's up to your um, imagination. Like, no, show us more. Yeah. Like, I'm not going... Anywhere you can, you know, you could have fit like at least another hour, yeah, of I, Robin fighting. You know, I don't know, the penguin. I don't know.
0: I really thought uh, Nolan was gonna make a Robin spinoff movie,
1: yeah, me too. So, that, that That's like right up his alley, you know, yeah. do like Joseph Gordon Levitt and like get those villains that you couldn't get in before, you know, but right, yeah, it was definitely a missed opportunity there. But anyway, this is number three, so
0: we do like it. I mean, the production quality is really good. Uh, Marion Cotillard just shines throughout the movie, especially in her death scene, um, and that's really why it's better than Dark Knight, man. Do you have anything else to add?
1: Uh, no, I don't. I think we covered it pretty well.
0: All right, so we're into our top two, um, and as you guys can tell, we're pretty hard on these movies. You know, we have a certain expectation with these movies, um, and you know, I don't. Want, I don't want you guys to think that we don't like these movies. We just we like them so much that we're we're fairly critical of them. Let's move into our top two. This is the original Batman from 1989. This is Tim Burton's first movie um, as a Batman director. Let's be honest, man. Jack Nicholson is the best Joker of all time. Right. He puts Ledger to shame. Ledger wished he was half as good as Jack Nicholson. Tell me what you think.
1: No, that's that's so true. And, you know, as, as I pointed out when we were going over The Dark Knight, like, when I'm watching a movie, I want to know what actor I'm actually seeing. And, yeah you know, you see Jack Nicholson, I'm watching Heath Ledger, I'm like, who, I, I can't tell it's Heath Ledger, like, so why did you even cast him, you know? I don't like my actors to get lost in the role too right. much. Right, yeah, like, they have to stay grounded. Right. Uh, Jack Nicholson definitely does here. Um, I really, yeah, I, it's, it's the best Joker that we will probably ever get. Um, I do appreciate what jared leto did as a joker yeah. um i'd like how they like a tattooed like uh what they tattoo on his face it was like a damage or something something like, like that it's like you can't tell if he's actually damaged or not so like you have to right. put it on his face um I'm, I'm really glad they did that that was actually kind of missing from the heath ledger joker like you couldn't really tell how damaged he was right uh, jack's great um i really like how we know his name uh i think his name is jack some, jack napier jack napier right yeah so, like, we know who he is, so, like, we, you know, so we're, so we're like, familiar with him. He, he has a backstory. He falls in some goo and turns into the Joker. Like, that's that's what the Joker is. Joker's not some random guy that, you know, we're, like, guessing who he is and he's given all these stories. Yeah. I don't
0: know. And what's really fun about this movie is the Smilex thing where a lot of his victims, they start laughing hysterically before they die. Right. Like, that's the Joker we know and love, man. Yeah. That's
1: That's what the people want to see. I mean, he's obviously the best part of this movie. Um, Pat Hangel probably isn't at his best in this movie, but that's because yeah. he, you know, because he set the standard for. Uh, well, he, to be fair, he really wasn't given much in this movie. It's the sequels where he kind of becomes like Batman sidekick, like the yeah. second billion actor, right? Um, um, I, don't, I don't like how Harvey Dent's black in this. Um, I, I'm, hey, listen, nobody hates racism more than I do. But why couldn't he have been black? Why couldn't they have just put some tanner on Tommy Lee Jones or something? You know, yeah. like like it's obviously not the same person when they're trying to make him the same person. You know, Right, right. So that's a big missed opportunity there. Um, Billy D. Williams, uh, I'm sorry you didn't get your chance to be in Batman forever. I like the Batplane in this movie. I really think it's cool how
0: Bruce Wayne is also a professional pilot in his spare time. Right. In addition to being a multi-billionaire and... A crime fighter, right?
1: Um, yeah, I like what Michael Keaton does as Batman. Like, you can't tell it's Michael Keaton when he puts the mask on. Um,
0: uh, so Burton was given this project after his success with Beetlejuice, which I think was a year prior in '88. Right? Um, this doesn't feel as much like a Tim Burton movie as much as Batman Returns, which was sixth on our list. Right. And I think that's a good thing because, like you said. It, it tells us as
1: the audience that the studio really had their hands in this, right. Yeah, that, that's I mean, great. I mean, because like the studio they're they're the ones that give us the movie. so I, I want them to have their hands all over it. like I, I would rather have 50 people in a meeting room make this movie than one guy. you know what I mean? Yeah, like it, that's how you make a solid movie. Um, so I'm really glad that Warner Brothers, you know had their handprints all over this movie um, instead of just one person. What do you think about Kim Basinger? Passenger, Facing her. Are are you saying that right? Um, she is a hottie. She, I, I do like her. Uh, that's it. I mean, she, she's no Maggie Gyllenhaal. I mean, no. well, I, I, I don't know what else I can say about well, her. Well, that's not what I meant. Uh, yeah. Obviously, she's no Maggie. Um, but you know, for thirty-one years ago, yeah, she, she's, she's a hottie. Uh, but, but no Maggie. Yeah, man.
0: All right. So that's our number two. That's Tim Burton's Batman from '89. Hats off to Jack Nicholson. Uh, let's go on to our number one. Yes. this is quite easily our number one, right?
1: Uh, well, we did have to have some back and forth about it, but at the end of the day we, we kind of both knew yeah. what number one in this franchise is.
0: Yeah, yeah we, we, we had to go back to we had to, we had to trust our hearts, go back to our childhood. So this is this is Batman and Robin from 1997, Joel Schumacher's second installment in the series. Um, And if Tim Burton kind of set the tone for what Batman would become, Schumacher, I would say elevated it a little bit in Batman Forever. But here they finally found the tone, the atmosphere, the performances, and the writing. It's like everything just finally came together.
1: Perfect tone, just like you mentioned. It doesn't take itself too seriously, unlike Batman Begins did. Right. Um, Hence, that's the worst, and this is the best. Um, Really just a movie that you can watch like every Sunday, which is what I do. What time of day do you usually watch it? I mean, it's a 95-minute movie, so I'll try and squeeze it in right in between lunch and dinner. George Clooney, man. What else do we have to say about George Clooney? Uh, the best Batman. Uh, I mean, hey, yeah. you don't have to say he's the best, but if you don't, but if you say he's not top two, then I'm just going to say that you're lying. It's Clooney, Kilmer, Keaton, and Bale in that order. Right. For me, Clooney, um,
0: he's really good in this movie because he's good with the comedy. You know, yeah. I love that one scene when he whips out the credit card. Yeah, and it's like. Don't leave home without it. He yeah, just back exactly. credit on it." It's you know an American Express callback, and dude, that's just wholesome comedy.
1: Yeah, like and he delivers that line perfectly. He he really does. You know that that's something that you know the that's something that they didn't have the balls to do in you know the Christopher Nolan movies. Um, this is a movie that took all of the risk and it honestly paid off. Oh, yeah, I give him uh, a lot of I give him a lot of credit. Um, the uh, villains here. Oh, awesome. Uh, Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy. Like, that's the chemistry that I look for when I see these movies. Um, like, and obviously we have Bane, who we said earlier. Perfect. Perfect. Brain, uh, that, that's jackets. who Bane is, right? Yeah. Jeep uh, Swenson played Bane. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. He died sh- uh, shortly after. Uh, we we weren't movie. as
0: upset when he died as when Pat Hinkle did. But we
1: do remember where we were. It I was, think yeah. he died right when this movie was released. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, with Mister Freeze and Poison Ivy, like I love how like they um, interact and there's chemistry with them. Like, yeah, I want my villains to go into a layer and talk about how they're going to kill Batman. Like, we don't get that, right? You know, with Joker in Dark Knight. You know, like, like I, I want to see where these villains live, and like how they came about, what their plan is. I need them to talk about their plan to one another so that the audience knows, you know, what's about to happen. And, you know, uh, Mr. Freeze wants to freeze over the world. Yeah. He wants everything on ice um, because, you know, he's Mr. Freeze. Uh, Poison Ivy, you know, she wants uh, Poison Ivy everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, like, Joker just wants to bring madness to Gotham. It's like, okay, but how? Like, you don't have a a freezing gun or Poison Ivy. Like, what are you going to do? Right. this this has all the action that you want, but with you know a side of comedy, and lightheartedness that I look for in a Batman movie.
0: Yeah, and Schwarzenegger is at his best here. Um, the one-liners again. This is a credit back to the writing. But Schwarzenegger is also perfect in delivering these lines. Right. Like my favorite personally is when he says, "Ice to meet you."
1: Yeah, nah, that that one hit. Um there's actually 27 ice puns in total and can oh, and um, can you name any that don't hit? No, dude. Yeah. It's all this, this this is filmmaking at its best. Uma Thurman is Poison Ivy, obviously. Uh very sexy. Like that's who Poison Ivy is. Um I think she did a really good job. Yeah, she gives that Tommy Lee Jones-type level of over-the-top performance that, again, just aged extremely well. It did, yeah. I mean, this movie's, what, 24 years old now? Wow. And, you know, like, this could have been released last year and probably wouldn't have even told the uh, difference. Um, Keeps getting better. You know, and then, of course, the studio had to get involved and, you know, we didn't get another Batman movie for eight years. Eight years. Like, they were planning on doing another Joel Schumacher movie but you know that's that studio that we that studio bullshit we always talk about like hence they they uh, did a great job with the first movie but it's when they get involved with the sequels that i don't like man i would have loved to see another schumacher installment there would have been and it would have been called batman unchained and the villains would have been scarecrow played by jeff goldblum wow yeah and um, harley quinn played by madonna like really yeah interesting you know so you know it's one of those things that we'll never get to see um it's a shame Batman fans didn't get a chance to see that. And, like, to finish out the story that Joel Schumacher was trying yeah. to tell. Like, that's probably when the... And, of course, he passed away, so we'll never get to know.
0: It's kind of like, you know, the Friday 13th franchise being in that lawsuit. Like, right. the, real, the people that are really losing mm-hmm. is the fan base. Right. Schumacher not getting none of the crack at this series. is The fans no. are ultimately the losers. But, right,
1: but... There is hope because, like, you see what they're doing with Scream Five now. Like, I know that Wes Craven passed away, but maybe there's someone out there with the perfect script and the balls, you know, to write a sequel to this movie. Because the way it ended, you know, we get Batman, Robin, and Batgirl. And, yeah, like that's what Batman is. Like, Batman's nothing without, you know, his friends. Not and only Pat do Hangle, and you know, I know, and but also there's no more Pat Hingle, so it's like, yeah. Do you bring back Gary Oldman? No, no of you don't do not. that. No. So I don't know. Um, so maybe it's only, something you know, some things are probably better left, yeah, alone. But
0: so not only do we get more Robin in this, but like you said, we get Batgirl, man. It's yeah. awesome. Who, yeah, that's, awesome. that's,
1: that's who we needed, uh, and sh- and she was great. Um, I really um, enjoyed every scene that she was in. So the critics hate this movie. We say fuck
0: them. Right. I mean, the critics hate a lot of slasher movies that you and I like. So this, this is, is this the is like, the same thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, $125 million budget, 238 box office, but hence, this was 1997, so that equals to almost a billion dollars now in 2021. <laughs> yep. Uh, So, a big box office hit.
0: It has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. But I mean, hence,
1: this is 1997, so you have to put the um, inflation there. It's inflation, probably, okay. It might be like a 72 now, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. It, it's late '60s, early '70s, I think. Yeah. Um, the audience only gave it a 16, percent which even back then is low. That's more like a 77 today, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's those numbers are still a little bit disappointing to me, um, but you know, we we just have very specific tastes when it comes to Batman movies.
1: Yeah, and like this is like the blueprint of Batman. Yeah. You know, like it should like be. stuff as many characters as, as as you can that we love and put him in a movie, in in one single movie. All
0: right, man. So that's it. Number one is Batman and Robin. Let's count it back one more time before we wrap up here. right. Again, this is our April Fool's Day episode. We're talking about the seven Batman movies where he is the sole protagonist. So no Justice League, no Batman v Superman, no Adam West. So uh, in seventh place is Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan's first of the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm -hmm. Number Sadly, it wasn't his last. No, yeah, exactly. Number six is Batman Returns. That's Tim Burton's second installment. Number five is Batman Forever, Joel Schumacher's first installment. Uh, and that's where the tide began to change there. That's when these movies started to become a little more elevated. They started to find its stride. Uh, number four, number four is the Dark Knight, most people's favorite. That's Christopher Nolan's second installment in his trilogy. Number three is Dark Knight Rises. Nolan's third installment, third and final installment in his trilogy. Number two is Batman, Tim Burton's first with Jack Nicholson as the Joker, the the clearly superior Joker mm-hmm. in the series we're talking about here. That's from 1989. And then number one, of course, you and I knew it all along. There was a little bit of a debate, but it's similar yeah, to Halloween. Knew. It's right. similar to Halloween being our best slasher, our favorite slasher franchise. It's like, ah, do we like that, Texas Chainsaw. Right. And Really, it's like... Dude, we know what we love. It's Batman and Robin from 1997.
1: I mean, it it, it was our favorite movie when we were six. It's yeah. our favorite movie when we're thirty. You know, always, always. So, um, should we tell the people? You dumb fools! That
0: is our April Fool's joke. <laughs> you idiots!
1: <laughs> oh, you guys are so stupid.
0: Let, let's give our real let's give our real Batman rankings before we sign off. I didn't want people to actually think. That we like, yeah. Like we couldn't hang
1: up like that, you know. And, my
0: my skin was crawling talking about Batman and Robin in a positive light. So here's our real Batman rankings. Before we sign off here, it is Batman and Robin dead last, easily trash movie. Comedy sucks, writing sucks, Joel Schumacher sucks. Batman Forever is number
1: six. Probably one of the movies that aged the worst out of all these, even probably more than Batman and Robin.
0: Yeah, number five is Batman. We prefer the next installment from Tim Burton, Batman Returns. That's our number four. And what we truly like about that over the first Batman is that it feels like a very original movie thanks to Tim Burton's uh, nature. Um, So that's number four. Number three is Dark Knight Rises. Number two, Batman Begins. Number one, the best comic book movie of all time. Don't even argue with that. It's The Dark Knight.
1: Pretty easy list.
0: Uh, yeah we agreed on that in a matter of like five seconds we put together that list but hope you guys had a good time with this episode it was hard not to laugh at certain points we had a blast with it we'll be back in a couple weeks